Hi, welcome to Agent Insider. I'm Andy Jewell, and I have a guest with me here today, uh, Gerald Bravo. Gerald, do you uh, just introduce yourself? Just remind people you you were with us on a prior segment, but maybe just as a reminder, uh, who you are, kind of what your experience in insurance is. Yeah. So yeah, Gerald Bravo. I've been in the insurance industry going on 13 years and um, have done from personal lines to health insurance to business insurance. And currently business insurance is kind of my major, my department that I focus on and, and really help in our team and uh, our office. So. 13 years, I guess that's long enough to consider yourself a professional, right? Like if you were in college for 13 years, you'd have some sort of a degree, right? Yeah, at least something. Hopefully at least one degree. Somebody, you should know something about what you're talking about, right? Um, so we spent our last segment, we talked a lot about uh, claims on personal insurance. And we we briefly talked about it. You were telling me a story on our last segment about a customer that you had that came to you, had some claims, and then they got canceled from their their prior insurance. And so they were shopping around and they were talking to you. What happened to them? Could you just kind of refresh our memory of them? Yeah. So in, in that particular instance, uh, it was uh, what we would consider commercial insurance and they were needing some coverage for liability, for building coverage. And they, it was actually two years ago um, in the summer, uh, they had filed a claim and it was a decent loss. It was, you know, somewhere upwards in like 60, 70,000. So it's like a decent loss. You saw a loss that you would say, yeah, you should have filed it. At the time, they, um, they were paying, you know, somewhere around 30,000. And they, this year, got noticed that they were getting non-renewed. It was actually at the end of 2023. It was uh, getting non-renewed and uh, they needed to shop for insurance. And they called me up, called a bunch of other agents around our area up, just trying to figure out you know, what can they do now that they're getting non-renewed? Um, unfortunately, markets are just right now are very hard. Um, in, in the commercial industry, year of the building matters, losses on the building matter, um, or claims as we call them. Um, and so because of just kind of a compounding effect on this particular risk, um, very few markets, I was able to get them a quote that was about three times as much as where they were. Um, and they ended up going somewhere else, but it was the same. It was about three times more than what they were. And ultimately that three times more, um, was actually the amount of the cost of the insurance that they filed the claim. The claim filed. filed. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're paying 30, they're getting quotes at 90 Yeah. and they'd filed a $60,000 claim. So they were paying 60,000 more in, in premium this year alone for a claim that was 60,000. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's crazy. Yeah. So it, it affected him in a, in a big way to, to the point where I sat down with them for a good while and just explained to them how they got where they got, why they got where they got. And ultimately, and this is kind of the unfortunate spot of insurance at the moment. Um, and I had told them, cause I was like, well, you know, unfortunately two years ago, I would have given them the same advice. It was almost a sixty, seventy thousand dollar claim. They had, you know, no claims beyond that point, um, and so it, it would have made sense at the time. And now here they are, where it's like, ouch. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like a lot of people go, like, well, why do we pay for insurance, and what's the point of insurance? And and it's it's really been a very it's been a bloodbath for insurance companies because I think that's where you've seen change for what insurance companies used to do to what they do now. 
So for instance, one of the largest insurance companies in the country is State Farm Insurance. In 2022, they lost just under $7 billion. It was $6.8 billion that they lost. Wow. Which sounds bad, but wait, there's more. <laughs> in 2023, through the third quarter, they don't have all everything filed and, and public yet for uh, the end of 2023, but through the third quarter of 2023, they lost an additional $13.8 billion. Wow. So they've lost, they had lost between 2022 and through three quarters of 2023, they had lost over $20 billion. Now, I tell my, told my customers sometimes, like, people don't, people we get desensitized with, with all the politics, we talk billions and trillions and like it becomes, right. like it's like fake money. Almost. Like it's <laughs> like, what's difference does it make? What's a million? What's a billion? What's a trillion? Give it a different name. Right. And so I saw this thing, I Googled it just to verify it. And it's like, it's cr kind of crazy. If you have a million seconds, it's like 11 days. Okay. But if you have a billion seconds, it's 35 years. That's a big difference. That's a huge difference. <laughs> and then when you get to trillions, it's like it's like thirty five thousand years. Yeah, can't which, even fathom. Right, you just like it, blow, it blows my mind. Like I just like it doesn't make sense when you you you, you can't just say a a million and a billion is like light years away. Wow. So when you talk about that, um, a, a nationwide company, one of the largest companies out there, that has lost almost twenty billion dollars in a year and three quarters. That's significant mm -hmm. that insurance companies are having to react and make changes. They cannot afford to do business as usual or they will not be in business. Right. There was in 2023, there was nine insurance companies that went insolvent. And that's, that's frightening to think because all of the insurance companies have to have their, their prices approved by the Department of Insurance. And basically they'll take their model and they'll say, this is what we think our losses will be. So then this is what we feel like we need to charge. And this is how much money we have in reserve to pay claims as they happen. And then the, and then the Department of Insurance for that state evaluates it and said, either says, yeah, we agree with that. Sounds good. Or we say, no, we don't agree with that. You need more money in reserve. Um, or they'd say, hey, we think you're overcharging. So you can't actually charge that rate. So it's, it's all been regulated. It's very regulated, the industry is. And so when you see insurance companies going broke and losing billions of dollars and State Farm was taking corrective action after 2022 to try to fix it. And it actually just got like three times worse. They continued to lose money. Yeah. So I think that what that's hard for a customer to understand when you go, well, yeah, you, you, you filed this claim for $60,000 and maybe it made sense mm -hmm. at that time, but you have to realize that everything has changed. The landscape of insurance has changed. Right. Yeah, no, and that, that is so true. We've been seeing in the last 12 months um, in the commercial industry, especially, um, you know, depending on what kind of building you own, if it's a, like some sort of habitational, which is like any sort of living space, apartment space, the year bill alone is, is, determines what kind of market, what kind of carriers will take it, which has been like a rating factor. So it changed how much you paid for the longest time. Now companies are just flat out going, if it's older than 30 years, we don't, we won't even look at it. 30 years. That's like 1994. I know. Hey, right. I, 
I'm a little younger than you are, but that's I'm, whoa, that's, whoa, whoa, <laughs> 1990 shots fine. Which is crazy to think like a building would have to be like newer than me, younger than me, in order right. for that's that's not that old. I don't feel that old. <laughs> Well, ask your kids. They'll tell you something different. <laughs> but no, it's not. I mean, you think about that is like 1990s was not that long ago. Right. It doesn't feel that long ago for sure. Although for, for perspective, uh, so me and my wife started dating in 1997. And so we will be celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary this year. Oh, but, 25. Yeah. It's not a long time. Um, but seems like just, just a couple of days. It's hardly any time. It's good. Yeah. In case she, she might watch this later. I don't know. But so we were talking about it the other day. So 90, 1997, uh, is 27 years ago and is when we started dating. And so I was like, for perspective, 27 years before 1997 was 1970. And that seemed like ancient to us. We're like, whoa. Like if if we were talking to people and they were like, oh yeah, we've been together since 1970. When we started dating in 97, yeah. we'd be like, did they have indoor plumbing? Right? <laughs> like some people might be offended by that, but you, it, it is like 27 years, 30 years. It's It doesn't seem that long ago to so go to 1990, but there has been a lot of time. And if you go 30 years before 1994, that had been 1964. Mm -hmm. And you think about how much had changed between 1964 and 1994. And there's been a lot that's changed between 94 and 2024. So there's definitely been um, types of construction has changed. Building codes have changed. Um, there's been recalls on, on, on building materials that they used in the 90s that they thought were great. And now they realize yep. they're not. Uh, so the things that in, in the 60s, you were using asbestos, right? And in the 90s, everyone would be like, that would be crazy. Terrible. Um, it, it now, I was I was talking to one of my customers the other day. I said, he had, we were going through panels, and I was like, you realize you have some Square D breakers in those panels. He's like, well, why is that a problem? I said, well, because Square D has a recall on a lot of their breakers, and insurance companies ask that specifically. Do they have Square D breakers? If they do, was it verified that they're not part of the recall because they don't trip? Right. So you can get a, an overload, right? And the breaker doesn't trip, it causes a fire, or it causes injury to somebody because the breaker didn't trip properly. And now you have a major lawsuit, not only because the person was injured, but because you were negligent and you didn't do your due diligence to prevent that injury. Right. And we were, we were, we were talking about this the, uh, a little bit earlier about... Um, we were talking about due diligence, negligence, and punitive damages, and something that people, just from a risk control perspective for business owners, it's not just, was it your fault, but what did you, what could you have done to, that would have been reasonable to prevent it? So like, for instance, uh, if you have rolling stock, if you got trucks, um, a, a fleet of commercial vehicles, are you maintaining, not just maintaining them, do you have maintenance logs? So if you get in an accident and your heavy truck rear ends somebody, causes severe damage and hopefully not a death, but it could cause a death, they're going to say, first off, it was your fault you rear-ended them. But then they're going to look at a layer deeper and say, did you have proper maintenance and did you have logs to ensure that maintenance was being done on a regular basis? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is no, 
when they present that to the jury, the present presentation is going to be not only were they negligent and at fault, but they were grossly negligent because they didn't have uh, common industry standard best practices in place in their business to prevent this injury to others. Right. And now they're going to take you to the cleaners. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think it, 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 moving from that conversation in regards to maintenance or in regards to being able to show right, just proper maintenance and care um, on, on commercial insurance, uh, those become very helpful. And, and underwriters, carriers are asking for um, proper statements of like P&Ls, you know, um, you mentioned maintenance logs. I mean, these are things that um, you could get away with for a long time. And now they're almost becoming a requirement to be able to give and turn into uh, underwriters that are looking at these accounts and going, okay, especially, you know, again, going back to the building, what's the maintenance? How much money are they spending on maintenance? Um, when's the last time they did maintenance on wiring, electrical, roofing? Um, and so for customers and, and business owners that have older buildings, um, I, would, I would maybe encourage them, maybe it's time if you have it, um, to look at some of these bigger list items of like electrical and plumbing and your roofing um, and maybe not just do maintenance, but maybe look at, okay, maybe I need to consider revamping or redoing my roof in the next year or two because that becomes an issue as well. It does. And it makes sense. Uh, it definitely makes sense. So for instance, we had, had this discussion, uh, we own the building uh, where our, our agency is located and we were doing some work and the, the plumber said, well, we, we are having some water pressure issues. And he said, well, you can put a pump on it. You can get over that water pressure issue. He said, but really the problem is, is you have an old uh, main line and it's undersized and it was galvanized. So it's an old pipe that's, we don't, you don't use galvanized plumbing anymore. And he said, so it probably has collected sediment and it's actually even smaller than it should be. He said, you're fine until it leaks. So you're going to be fine until you have a problem, until you're not. Right. And I was like, how long is that? And he's like, I don't know. It's not leaking now. So it could be a, a day. Time bomb. Right. It, right. He's like, it could be a day. could be like a year. It could, he's always like, it's 100 years old. It could go another 100 years. Who knows? Um, and so I, I was kind of looking at that. And just from a risk management, as, as said, well, there's about a 2000 or $2,500 difference to replace that main line versus putting a pump on it. I was like, we better just put replace that main line. So now all of our plumbing from the, the water meter forward will be brand new plumbing. And uh, it, it's going to cost a little extra to do that. Mm -hmm. But understand, like, that's, that's that preventative maintenance that insurance companies and underwriters are looking for. They're saying, okay, right. you didn't wait till it broke and then called your insurance agent and said, hey, we need to put, turn in a claim. You fixed it at, ahead of time. You were proactive in how you managed your risk. Right. And I think that's really what we're talking about. When it comes to claims, the best claim is the claim you prevent, right? So if you can, if you, if you recognize a roof has a, a life expectancy, a roof is not going to be indefinite. Uh, it might be 20 years, 30 years, might be a 50-year roof, but it has a life expectancy. So plan that life expectancy and go how long until it needs to be replaced and don't wait till it fails to replace it, right? Don't wait until it's the middle of winter and the, and the heating goes out to go, we should fix our heating. Right. 
Yeah. No, for sure. And, and maybe this part you, you'll, you'll cut out, but as a commercial agent working with a lot of businesses, um, the people, the business owners that are more aware of being preventative um, typically are the more, um, how do you say it? Like their, their business flourishes more often than not. And the people that are less preventative, maybe a little chaotic, maybe don't have savings to put into preventative care. Um, those businesses are a little scary. <laughs> no, I think it's fair. I don't think we should cut that. I think it, I think it makes sense, right? Like if you're, if you're running a business and you're managing the business, you understand you have to have cash reserves. Yeah. You have to have rainy day funds. Uh, you, you, you recognize I have to have an emergency fund for if something breaks. I have to be preventative in my maintenance of my, my equipment and the maintenance of my building. Whatever it is that makes my business tick, I need to have right. a maintenance fund for that. Because that's the other issue. What if that's not covered by insurance and you have no maintenance fund, you have no backup funds, and then you go, well, I guess I'm just out of business because I don't have $10,000 sitting right. in a bank. People are like, well, that's, just, that's crazy. You think people just have money sitting around? It's like, well, if you're a business owner, you should. Right. Uh, because if you're going to run a business, you have to have cash reserves for those sort of things where a, a car breaks, a, a, a could be a vehicle that breaks down. It could be wind damage to a building. It could be a broken uh, water pipe. There's a lot of things that can happen. And if you don't have money set aside, then you tend to be that guy who's running around like uh, uh, like his hair's on fire. And he's like right. Rob and Peter to pay Paul. And typically, when everything's good, you can make it. You can make right. money. You can, you can be successful for a time. But nothing stays good forever. Yeah. The economy will change. Whatever industry you're in will have uh, ups and downs and changes. The only constant in life is change. There's, there's an old story my mom told me, used to tell me, she said there's a, a king and he says, hey, I'm going to give uh, this huge treasure to anybody who can come and tell me a statement that can never be proven wrong, that would always be proven true. And people would come and they'd say, you know, uh, the sky's always blue. And then they would say, well, the sky's not always blue that we can see because it's cloudy sometimes or it's dark, it's night, and it's not blue. And so they, they, people would bring these statements and they would be just proven. And then some, an old man finally gets up and he says, this will change or this will pass, this too will pass. And uh, you can't prove that wrong because anything that's ever been has changed and passed away, right? Like uh, leadership and governments change, economies change, businesses change. Everything will change over time. And so to be a successful business for the long run, and, and I'm not even talking about like generational, just successful for however long you're going to be in business, you have to be able to adapt and change. And part of that being able to adapt and change is having reserves. So that way you can, you can be preventative in your maintenance. You can uh, continue to operate when something goes sideways. And then also you're not putting yourself in a position where I had to file a claim because I had no reserves mm -hmm. and now my insurance premiums tripled mm -hmm. or I can't get insurance yeah. because I've seen that happen as well as like, well, 
I don't know what to tell you. And uh, thankfully, it's not been any of my customers, but I've had people come to me as, and they have no insurance and they haven't been able to get it. And I, and I said, yeah, due to the fact you, now you've been going without insurance for six months or a year, you have a bad claims history, uh, you don't have sound financials for me to present, I don't have options for you. Right. Yeah. And I actually had an instance, uh, a building that I recently, we wrote, um, which was that they, they, I was able to find them a quote, but it was about double. And they're like, why? And it's like, well, the underwriter told me you haven't had insurance in over a year. Right. So like they are taking a very, um, like a reserved approach to even, you know, they're, right. they're willing to offer you double the cost. And if you take it, you take it. Right. Well, I'm sure the underwriter looks at it and goes, so you've been without insurance for a year. Now are you getting it because you're one of our client? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So. And I, and I think to, to the point of um, having a reserve or, or preventative care, I think too, on the, on the insurance side and the, and the coverage side, I, I would say this, um, which we've seen in the industry, when you aren't taking those precautions, um, it not only does it affect your ability to get an insurance policy um, or just not be able to get insurance at all, uh, or we see claims happen or arise because the roof hadn't been touched in 40 years or, or whatnot, or like the plumbing. Um, but what can happen as well is an insurance company will offer a, a client's uh, coverage but the type of coverage now changes. Um, yeah, there's, there, and that gets in a whole different thing, but you could look at it in an insurance agent if he tells you you got building coverage. It, you might have building coverage, but the kind of coverage, the, the way it pays out changes because you haven't done any of that preventative, bigger care on your plumbing. And, and so we're not only just to keep you from opening claims, I think at the, at the same time, it also affects the kind of coverage you are eligible for, which can be a big deal, which we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. That, that we should do a whole nother segment, uh, <laughs> another day on uh, building coverages, because there's a huge difference between replacement costs, ACV or actual cash value. Right. There's coinsurance clause. There's uh, functional building values. Um, there's a ton of different uh, types of coverage and endorsements that people think like, oh, I got a, a million dollars. I got a million dollars. Like, well, maybe. Yep. You got a million dollars on the, on the policies, the limit they'll pay out, but how they're going to pay out and what they're going to pay out for is going to be very different. And understanding all of those nuances of those coverages are as important. So like, to your point, if you don't do the maintenance, you might be able to get a policy but that policy is going to be reduced in the coverage forms that they offer. Right. If you have a claim, you could still get a policy, but it's going to affect your premiums and it's going to affect also the, the coverage forms that they offer. So I guess I wouldn't, I'm not saying people shouldn't file claims because there are times when it makes sense. Insurance is there to prevent you from going broke, right? I've, I've told, that, told the story in my last segment about uh, my cell phone insurance. I can afford a cell phone I can't afford a million dollar lawsuit. And so I think in general, I would recommend, I recommend to my customers, when you're looking at your insurance, do I file a claim or not file the claim? The first question I'd ask is, can you afford to absorb what the damage is without the claim? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is yes, then don't file the claim. It's not necessarily a specific dollar amount because 
people are in different spots. I once about, I, w- I was once meeting with one of my customers. Um, he had an old car, not a classic car, not like a 1960s Cervelle or anything like that, but it was like just an old beater car and he had full coverage on it. And I was like, man, we should take full coverage off of this because you're only going to get a couple of thousand dollars if this vehicle is totaled out. So let's take collision. I shouldn't use that word full coverage because there's not really anything that is full <laughs> coverage. It's like people start saying, hey, people's going to right. coverage. He said full coverage. Um, I think in my, I think by one of my previous segments, I said, don't ever use full coverage because it doesn't exist. Um, maybe we could cut that out in post-production. I don't know. So he, anyways, I said, you have comprehensive collision on this vehicle. We should take it off because the vehicle is only worth, worth a couple thousand dollars and you're not going to get that much for it. And he said, no, I want to keep it on there because I can afford the extra $40 a month that you're charging me. He said, but realistically, I have no, I don't have any reserves. And if the vehicle's totaled out, I could not go replace it. I couldn't, I don't have $2,000, yeah. which then led to a deeper conversation, which is the, how can you get to a point where you could afford that $2,000? So that way you're not paying $40 to insure $2,000, which isn't a great trade-off for him. So I said, so what can we do to, to change that? But ultimately people are in different situations. So there's not a specific dollar amount. I would say if you're in a position where you could absorb the claim or the damage, don't open the claim. But talk to your insurance agent, talk to your local representative, talk to your company uh, to, to find out how is that going to impact you and whether or not you should open the claim. Liability claims are different. And, and I, I'm a lot more careful with a liability than a property because you don't want to do anything that could set yourself up to be sued and put yourself in a worse position. So if, the, if there's an injury, another party involved, that's a different story. And you really need to be careful on that. Talking with your lawyer, talking with your insurance agent, and don't rush to just write somebody a check because that can make it look like you're guilty. And you may not even be, you might feel bad, but you might not even be liable for what their damages were. So, so liability issues, be more careful, a lot more careful and talk with lawyers or your insurance agent on a property issue. I would tell you on that, if you have damage to your property, before you open a claim, ask yourself, can I afford this? If the answer is yes, do not open the claim would be my, my recommendation because you could be paying, you could be, not just be creating a payment plan. You could actually cost yourself a lot more in the long run. So, well, Gerald, thanks for joining us. That was a, thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully that was informative and helpful. If it was, invite you to uh, follow our podcast, recommend it to your friends. If you have questions about claims, about insurance, feel free to email me at agentjewel at gmail.com. So it's agent, A-G-E-N-T, jewel, J-E-W-E-L-L at gmail.com. Thanks so much for joining me. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Have a great night.